five. <laughs> so, no, that. Oh my. <laughs> Are you serious? Everybody, welcome to Are, Bros. Bottles out. of Beer. It's you're one, out. One ninety-eight. Definitely, Zach. How definitely are you? Art's last time here. <laughs> wow, I thought that would come from Scott. Hey, you guys, okay. Jeff is broken. Sh- shut up. <laughs> it's all this. Is so We've stupid. destroyed it. <laughs> what happened? Forgive me, brothers, for I have sinned. Okay, I'm deaf in one ear. It doesn't matter. That's normal. You're old. <laughs> Not old like you, Art. Hello, wow. Diff- Hello. different old. Ooh. We're doing. It's Sound okay. Checks. Don't worry, you'll it's live with it. It's not okay. You're okay. We'll edit that out. <laughs> I'm only getting half the Bible. Why here. didn't you say something earlier when we did sound checks, Jeff? When we did sound checks. Okay. Sorry, yeah, listeners. He's a pleaser. Jeff's trying to be a pleaser, and that backfires. We had the time. We had it, but so Art, what sin did you commit this time? <laughs> I brought greatest, something to consume and week. only now realize it says non-alcoholic. I didn't know it was Baptist Guinness. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it was Lutheran Guinness, That's it'd be Southern like 9%. Guinness there. You know what though? I think this will complement a little uh oh well, we do have a little bit of bourbon. We'll see. Yeah. I'm gonna have one of these non-alcoholic I knew Guinnesses. I should have picked up more bourbon. Guinness I can imagine Guin- Guin- Guinness. Guinnesses? Guinnesses. First of all, I'm not a Guinness person. Uh, unless it's uh, with it's a meal. Unless it's with, it's with Bailey's, it's then it's okay. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't hate it. I'll try one, and I don't hate it. Okay, you know, let me a, taste. Let me taste what you got. Guinness there. actually, Guinness Extra Stout is the meal. What most people drink is Guinness Draft or Draft or whatever you <laughs> okay. said. Draft it, um, which is Good times. is like four percent, four and a half percent. It's actually it's all dark and deep, and it's got those cool mm. bubbles, but it's not as. Uh, Robust as people assume, given its color. Yeah, you think that you think the dark ones are stronger, but they're not. What is always. happening here? We have yeah. we have whiskey no. uh, glasses. We have no no ice. What what's happening? We have whiskey ice. glasses. We have oh ice. Oh my goodness! You're, You're welcome, welcome, Jeff. I'm going to drink a whole four pack of amalgamators on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I knew oh, I knew Jeff would like that. Put your mouth on that, Andy. Yeah, quickly. New Jeff. Is that what you said? New, uh, yeah, the, to the new Jeff. Yes. Okay. Let's. Where's Art's glass? Art got me. This is an exploding, uh, exploding Guinness that he Everybody gave me. Just hold on. Just Andy's shooting a Guinness. Wow. If you could see what was happening right now, you'd know that we oh. need a minute. So I'm gonna. Uh, uh, Scott, what's that called? In the Fill government some air time. They, uh, just yeah. Hey, buy my time. Or, uh, what's that called? My time. What's that Filibuster. called? Filibuster. Filibuster. Yeah, Jeff. Filibuster this. Okay. Sorry, well, listen. Quick. We're getting sorted out here. There's <laughs> lots of... The drinks are getting poured so that we can get into proper... Other podcasts here might stop and start over so it's cleaner. That's true. Wow. But That's guess true. what, guys? We'll edit that out. We're not no. bros, Bibles, and beer. Hey, we for real. Like, so, literally for real. Okay, don't talk McDonald's. <laughs> I was going to open bad is up. it, Andy? I had a whole plan. I, I don't hate it. I had a whole plan yeah. to open up this podcast... By telling Jeff to put on earmuffs again, but the cat's out of the bag. Go ahead. Pre- Go ahead. And we're no, not no. going to talk about it. All I'm going to say is Matt Chandler steps down temporarily, at least. No! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, due to inappropriate direct messages. And, you know, look it up. Google it. Maybe we'll talk about it on a future episode. We oh, have got to on. run a tight ship tonight. Um, I believe this is Art's last time on the show. It is. At least 
for now. a while. This for is now, called the Last Supper <laughs> with Art. Yeah, but for Matt Chandler, there, as far as we know, there's no touching. No touching. No okay, touching. we're going to talk right. about this another time. Okay, yeah. it's an Arrested Development thing. Yeah. Yes. No touching. Yeah. No touching. No touching. Don't call it that. <laughs> but we do have, you know, we do have right now, and uh, I'm going to just, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing that you can do to change it, Jeff, on your end. All right. We got feedback. We got in the form of voice messages. And this first one is titled, Art is the Best Step Bro by Scott DeBates. Oh, yeah. That's my... uh, DeBates. That's my brother-in-law. Oh. Really? I love him. Scott from Los Angeles. Been listening to the episodes for a little while now, and I really found the last two with Art... Really, really some of your best work thus far. The energy was high. I thought the conversations were great. It was really enjoyable and really insightful to learn about the perspective of someone who has been a pastor for so long and sort of the impact that one has to have as sort of a transitional pastor going around now at the... I thought that you guys did a great job, and I'm looking forward to future episodes, even uh, if art isn't available anymore. Stay well, guys. That's not not how I wrote that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. How much did you pay for that? He he read the copy well, didn't he, Art? (laughs) So, Art, how does it feel to be a tranny pastor? A what pastor? Um, uh, Yeah, a transitional pastor. Well, I get to feel it for one more week, and I am done. Man, you feel that tranny for another week. Easy. Easy, Scott. Scott. Good God. Jesus. Shoot. Thanks, Scott. Let's let's shift to a different topic. Okay. Hey, Hey, You can I have another voice whatever mail. topic you oh, want apparently. Oh, okay. we, have, we have more <laughs> feedback, and this is in reaction to our Anaheim Vineyard conversation. Um, this is a, I get the sense it's a passionate individual because anchor.fm slash BBB pod, where you can leave us a voicemail like these individuals did, um, it limits you to a minute. Yeah. And so he did three separate minute long voicemails. Is it okay before you hit that for listeners that may not have heard that episode? It's he's in he's talking in response to Anaheim Vineyard, which pulled out of the denomination but uh, kept all the goodies, kept all the yeah, properties. They were the founding. They were the founding congregation of the Vineyard, and, and that drama is still yeah. unfolding. Um, I don't think it's done. Will, probably for years. And uh, yeah, so and they. Well, yeah, you said it. Andy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see. Leadership of the Anaheim Vineyard, Michael Beverly. Wait hey, guys, it. I just listened to the, your thing. I sent an email at the beginning of it. Uh, my name's Michael Beverly. Uh, I'm an atheist these days, but I have a long history with the vineyard going back to 1990. Um, you said that the National Association wanted Alan Scott to come on the record and talk about stuff. That was that never happened with Anaheim. When I was going through my excommunication, I emailed Bob mm. Fulton, all the pastors, the national thing. All I wanted was a fair hearing a public talk instruction. I had, I was outcast and uh, without that. And by the way, the, the structure of the vin- the vineyard Anaheim and how it is now, the bylaws always made the lead pastor a hundred percent accountable to nobody. John Wimber set it up that way. Wow. Um, once you're the lead pastor, you can do anything you want. Always been that way and always will. I'm sure now that Alan has stolen 70 million bucks. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. All right. Well, and, and so, I think a lot of that is tied up in that building because in Anaheim, yeah, it is close mm-hmm. to Angel Stadium. That that is a prime property that could be sold 
that I mean, it, well, is worth a lot of money. But yeah, if the bylaws say that the pat the lead pastor has control over that particular congregation and that congregation's assets, I, it it gets difficult when. You're very dependent on one it's man. It's all speculation. Being super yeah. good. I didn't want to. I didn't want to try yeah. to like all speculate right. on this. Yeah. Number two. Wow, man, it's really fast. So I'm leaving one more quick message. That I sent you a PDF <laughs> called "The Chickens Come Home to Roost." It is a link I to a white paper PDF. I wrote called "Doctrines of Dust." I know most Christians, especially around Anaheim Vineyard, that kind of stuff, don't want to deal with controversy. They don't want to talk about stuff. But what happened is so many abusive scandals happen that nobody was willing to talk about. They just kept repeating. In that one paper, I have a list of dozen, probably a dozen or 15 people that just got really reamed by Anaheim leadership. And then the fact that this now turned around and happened to, to now the same leaders that did that to me, like just totally discarded me and wouldn't mm. listen to me and cried. And while I was crying, you won't listen to me. Now they're crying. Hey, these guys did this thing and they won't talk to us. It's uh. super ironic. Um, I'm actually kind of happy it happened because oh, I hate those people. I geez. really do. But, <laughs> oh, wow. Um, anyways, thanks for listening. And then we'll just go to straight to number three and see what happens. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Last message, I promise. So when <laughs> I got all excommunicated good. from Anaheim, I went over to Inland, which was Bill Twyman's former church. He fell. His son took over. And Bill Jackson mentored me. I started a home group with him. The guy that you mentioned his book, Radical Middle. Anyway, but he passed away a few years back, but he was a he was a super nice guy. He's the one that told me if I was going to be an atheist to pour all my heart into it and really study and get into it, and I did, and never looked back. Um, oh, what a great pastor! Anyways, the the funny thing to me is how many Vineyard people <laughs> leadership left the movement. Uh, Andy Kaminsky, Desert Streams, Lance just xed him out. He went on to um, Catholicism. Todd Hunter was a potential vineyard pastor at Anaheim, became National Association uh, leader, president. Uh, he's an Anglican now. Um, I don't have time, but there's a, a huge list of people that just got so sick of the thing and they left, uh, you know, left the vineyard movement completely or became atheist or agnostic. Well, that, that's cool to hear from an insider, but I mean, it's kind of sad that there's so many like going in completely different directions. It seems, um, I think, I think an important principle is that your relationship with God or with Jesus to put it on your denomination. I think that's a mistake. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, but if you're in the denomination, why wouldn't you closely associate your relationship with God to that denomination? Right. Right. I, I get that. But, I think at pastors and maybe, maybe are, you can uh, weigh in on this, uh, but as pastors, I think it's important that you, you, you're, you're up there as an, as a sort of authority, but you convey to your congregation that you are not the authority and that the relationship with God is more important than your relationship with this denomination or any particular denomination. Um, to me, that's, that's like a vital importance because this congregation, something bad can happen to you here. Sure. But what does that have to do with your relationship with God? Uh, because 
at, at some point anyone is just human and yeah, you're going to get screwed over by humans. It, and it's important to, at this point to acknowledge what uh, this friend just said, I was going to say this brother, but he's choosing to, you know, maybe, maybe run a parallel track. Yeah. But, um, and also say, but there are some great vineyard churches and some really faithful, in fact, most of them vineyard pastors. And I, uh, they're not, this is one story. Right. Yeah. But, and I know Todd Hunter. He he was actually national director of Alpha, Alpha North America. And I served with him on his board. And um, good brother. And he is an Anglican now, but he just felt like that's where he could spread his wings the best, you know. I like it. Yeah, and that's not what we had you on to talk about necessarily. So, um, but thank you, Michael and Scott, for the feedback. And we, yeah, yeah, okay. No, yeah. no, sorry, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not interrupting. Uh, yeah, and so, but we got a tight ship to run here tonight. Power podcast, so you power say. podcasting. Um, now, I think we ha- each have a question for Art. Don't don't look at me, Zach. And so, if you guys want, I'll start. I thought we were Please. done with that. No, no, no. We're making sure Art talks more this time. <laughs> and then we'll we'll all uh, jump in as we see fit. But uh, we Mike, jumped in the conference room today and we're like, okay, we need a little better lineup. All right, Zach, what do you got? a few scars on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, so kind of a grab bag of questions from each of our perspectives. Mine is... Give me something that you used to feel really strongly about and it was important to you, something you really thought was true at any point in the past. And this could be, you know, it's probably most likely faith, but it could be faith-based or just world knowledge-based. You really felt strongly it was true and it was important to you that now you are really sure that it's not true. Well, something I mentioned Sunday, I don't remember which gathering it was. I don't know if I said it in both, but... I used to be one of those guys that thought women should not be preaching, not be leading, not be pastors, and uh, even not even speak in church. Were you that hardcore? Uh, no, but certainly with whatever ver- modern not version of pastor from the pulpit, co- not right. preaching. Yeah. yeah, and I remember thinking, I hate this, but the Bible forces me to it. I hate it. I wish it was different, but there it is. And I was sure that was right, and now I'm sure I was wrong, hmm. and I regret. I regret those years of teaching that and I'm, I'm, I'm poorer for it. Mm. And uh, what about you guys? Same question. Doesn't have to be related. You got an example of something that you've shifted on that now you think not polar opposite, but maybe close. And while you're thinking, what I love about this question is, you know, where, what you think about that particular issue art now there's a chance it changes in the future mm-hmm. if you are remain true and honest about some of the things you've talked about in your time with us is like being open and humble and, and holding things in a different way than you did in the past. So any, anybody that knows me that's listening and just heard you refer to me as humble is choking. Right yeah. <laughs> art humble. Yeah. Well, that's different all art. I know. So do you guys have anything in that ballpark? I don't know if it's necessarily that I held it really as it was, it's hard to say how important it was, but I, I, the first thing that came to mind was this, <laughs> it was like the classic cliche youth group, bring the CD that you're not supposed to be listening to, to church tonight. And we're going to break them and bury them. 
Did they do that in front of you, or did they really just take we, them home? We all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they took a yeah. They sold them as used, and no, it was it yeah. It was that that this input was um was so detrimental uh, that if it wasn't Christian music, it was gonna it was gonna hinder your relationship with Christ. And I think I I don't think I threw anything in there. I mean, I I had, and I definitely had. You brought a blank CDR. Yeah, right. I had just albums. So you could put something in there. This was before you could burn CDs. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I, I brought the Gaithers and threw it in there, and demons' voices came. Out. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing like we know who that is. We're the Gaithers. We don't know who the Gaithers are. They no. Christians. Oh my goodness! But yeah, no, I just remember that. And and at the time, though, you I remember explain who they are for Jeff. I can't remember. Art can. No, art can. Oh, art can. Oh, it's just Wait, a, what? Not worth it. <laughs> okay. But I remember at the time kind of thinking like, this is a good idea and, and this should be happening. And and I get it. I understand. We want to like stay pure. And, uh, and, and even at the time, like I do think I walked away from it going like, yeah, but really? So it's not exactly what you're asking, but that's the only thing I could think of that really stuck with me. Yeah. That's a get out, get out of jail free card. Andy, that's fine. Yeah. Anybody? Uh, yes. There's, there are many things that I, that I thought 10, 11 years ago at the beginning of my following Christ. And I'm like, I would agree. Women uh, preaching, nope, that's not the place for them. Why? Today, I'm like, I have no idea why. I've heard females hunts uh, on, you know, preaching, and I'm like, I'm learning something today. How could this be bad? And the and so that that's one that's one thing. But you know, in uh, I don't think there's. I think originally I I'm, and I mentioned this on a recent podcast about uh, marriage and husbands wives and I'm like a. You know, wives just need to follow their husbands. We need to get you some coffee, bro. I think you're falling falling asleep in the middle of your own sentence. Where's my Jeff 11? I've got, this is Jeff 7.5 and I don't know what's happening right now. Sorry. Uh, So you've, you've got the, you've got wives. I'm like, okay, my wife needs to follow me. And I go back in time and I'm, I'm like, Going forward, there's some realization. Like I've been learning all along the way, and this goes uh, even art. You mentioned like Nicodemus, the the leader of leaders, the teacher of teachers of the Pharisees, in your last, uh, you know, less yesterday in your sermon. I'm I'm listening, and I'm like, my goodness, yes, you know, wanting to learn and ask questions and learn more, and and that's how a good teacher becomes a good teacher. Just keeps asking questions. And searching for more knowledge and people's understanding of, of you know, all the topics across the board, and that is is like getting to that. And I think I don't know if I was like staunch, like I believe in this, because you know, Scott knows my faith is ex- ex- experiential. Yeah, and definitely, and but not based on truth. You know, <laughs> God, <laughs> like God, just. I mean, I just got life breathed into me a hundred percent. And then there are things that I'm like, I don't think I 
would you know would you say are tether like these are the yeah. things that i'm tethered to there have been some things that i felt like i was tethered to but kind like not really so i don't know if that's okay. tether but right. ultimately andy's cutting me off ultimately you are creating a salad right yes. now. yes i yep. don't think <laughs> you're doing great jeff i don't think Scott's doing a scratcher lottery ticket right now because we we're not sure what you're don't talking announce, about anymore. Don't <laughs> anyway, which question are you answering? I'm answering the question of: Is there something you truly believed in years ago? In so your the faith? woman, the okay. females and, in church, and I, I think I don't know if I've actually been like, yes, I, I believed in these things. It's just like I believed in Christ, follow Christ. That's that's the life. And there's a bunch of other things that just seem to keep changing. Well, you also implied in there that I thought my wife should just follow me and maybe that softened a little bit and you're more of a team or I projecting. Well, definitely more of of a team, but Tanya, leave us a voicemail. Let us know how that's going. <laughs> Tanya knows this. Like when when she knows when I'm like on the path following Christ and she's with me. And then there's times where I'm not. She knows I'm off the path. I can feel it. Right. I know it. And it's like, we're going south or I'm going south. And she's like, good luck. And, you know, she's yeah. come back here. <laughs> right. It, yes. Yeah. Ah, that stuff wow. breaks my heart. In those well, real quick, I could piggy bank on or piggy bank. I piggy, like that. Piggy bank. Piggy, on mm-hmm. a piggy bank yeah. on the women in church. Similar transformation. Also the nature of hell. And probably the, the best one would be thinking that Jesus was changing something in God when he uh, went to the cross versus now. I don't, I don't think Jesus changed God's mind about anything um, Jesus revealed, but that's just a, the nature of the atonement is, is Mm -hmm. like, that's the big one for me that I've changed probably the most on where, but uh, we don't have time for that now. We can unpack that some other yeah. time, Scott. We don't have time for hell. Yeah, just like, Who has bomb another shell, let's move on. Um, Scott, do you have a question or Andy that you Scott's want to throw Scott out? didn't answer your question, by the oh, way. Oh, I mean, that's what I meant no. to say. Scott, do, do you have an answer uh, for that question? Yeah, I'm going to forgo that whole atonement thing, um, even though we could spend a lot of time on that. Well, for sure. Um, so I, it's kind of like what maybe what Andy, along the lines of, I'm not sure that I actually held a, a position on it, but I think it's just something that kind of as Christians, we take for granted the idea of if someone, if someone, anyone in the world doesn't believe in Jesus, then they're not saved. Um, that uh, I, I think that's just kind of a default position based on the, lo- some, the logic of, you know, particular passages, um, you know, I'm the way, the truth and life. Right. And, and, and so that kind of, it does tend to, it can lead itself towards, okay, so if you don't have Jesus, then you don't have life. Um, and then by extension, you don't have the afterlife. Um, but I, I haven't, I, I didn't always think about the, I guess the most logical question is, okay, but what if you haven't heard of Jesus? Um, which to me, that's like the most logical, like it's like the first question that should pop in people's heads. It's like, okay, great. Like, cause even if you go, okay, I believe, I believe you about Jesus, but what if someone hasn't heard of Jesus? Are they going to be held responsible to God for never hearing about Jesus? Um, and then therefore they can't believe in him. Uh, so I think that's something that 
I think Christians, um, uh, and I'll just say the fundamental Christians, those who actually believe that uh, Jesus is the actual Savior, um, you know, not the progressives. What but, do you think, though? <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the, so the question is, I Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Him. True, that's true. But if someone hasn't heard of Jesus, is God going to hold them accountable for not believing in Jesus? Art, what do you think? So, I actually don't know how you changed yet, though. What what did what what is the belief well, you held before? Jeff. Is this a new thing you're considering? No, it's been it's been years years in the making. Um, so you're softening on that a little bit, like hmm, I don't I don't well I, see I don't I don't even know if I actually held that view before, like. Like the, where like, if people have, if you haven't heard of it, that's not God's problem. You haven't believed in Jesus. Therefore you're condemned. I don't know if I ever held that. Um, I guess it's, I guess it's possible because that is kind of a majority, uh, Protestant view, maybe even Catholic view. Um, but okay. the logical question is if you haven't heard of Jesus, right. what, like, is, is God going to hold you? Is our gracious God going to hold you accountable for not believing? It's a in good Jesus? question, and that's why I agree with Scott that missionaries should stop doing work and don't tell anybody about Jesus, except so. for Jesus told us to go out and make <laughs> okay. disciples. He's All messing right. with you <laughs> now, right? So we, it's, so we can't just you. like take one. I'm only moving it a little bit right, because but the point, of time. But the, but the point, just real quick, the point there would be if you if you just focus on one thing hey jesus is the way the truth and the life and you got to come up with all your definition based upon just that one aspect i get it you can't make them you can't make the mistake on the opposite end of saying oh therefore it would be you know it would be better if we don't uh, trust send me. missionaries trust out. me scott yeah. i can make that mistake <laughs> I, I have i agree with you on that <laughs> all right let's keep going oh Who's, i got a question for art okay Unless someone else wanted no, to know. No, man, Scott. Hey, Art, okay, your favorite... Uh, CZ Top. Nice. ...narrative about Jesus. So the stories oh, like in the Gospels... Story. Stories in the Gospels about Jesus. What's your favorite mm. one? Left Behind. <laughs> <laughs> well, one that comes to mind right now, I'm just not the only one, but the one that comes right to mind is his encounter with the children... Okay. Yeah. And how I can just envision them climbing on him like their favorite uncle, like he's a tree with branches, and that in juxtaposition with the with the apostles who said, "Don't be bothering him; he's too important." Yeah. And he says, "Stop hindering them. Mm. In fact, unless you come to me like they do, you can't even enter enter this kingdom." And I, I just love that picture of Pastor Jesus yeah. loving the children and making himself available to them. Yeah, that, that's a There are others, one. if I had more time to think, but that's the one that comes well, right to mind. It's, it's, it's a tough picture. question. Like, you pick, yeah, like, okay, pick one story about Jesus. Right, yeah, right. Him with the whip in hand turning <laughs> over the tables. <laughs> that's his favorite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> judgment Jesus? No, I, even though I think it's true, but I, I don't want judgment from Jesus. Shut up, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Does anybody have a favorite narrative they want to talk about? Piggybacking on Scott's question. Anybody? Anything come to mind? Yes, Jesus on the cross. Oh God. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff that's way to ruin so it. Boring. You're just saying words now. 
My favorite was when he was in the belly of the whale and then he made his way out of it. <laughs> Jonas and Jesus Joneses uh, and the whale. No, um, that's a tough and I and I as I thought about asking you that question, I, I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm not I'm not quite sure what what that would be. It it could be it could be being silent before you know, going back to the cross, it could be being silent for the most part, even though he wasn't completely silent uh, before his accusers, he kind of just let it, let it ride. Cause he knew that that was what he had to do, which. Right. And they didn't know what they were doing. So yeah. And there's, there's something to the piggybacking on arts example, the kids to Jesus relationship, just, just no fear no fear, just love and being around him. And then like transposing that on when Jesus calls God Abba and like the relationship of God, the father as Abba to us, mm. how, how much bigger is that chasm from us to God versus like in the flesh kids to a man named Jesus, like that chasm's even bigger. And just, I think it makes the point of God as Abba father. Um, that much more powerful because how much, how much do we know in relation to father, God, you know, nothing compared the kids, they had a a closer gap, human kids, human Jesus, that gap is a little bit closer and how much greater is the gap between us and, and uh, the almighty, but being called Abba, like a, like a babbling kid calling for their, their daddy. That's a pretty powerful metaphor. Yeah. I have to admit that's maybe I like that because that's the God I so desperately need. That's the Jesus I mm. need. Um, and there are other, other, you know, other stories, other, other moments in his life, but that's the one. I, man, yeah. I really need that Jesus. Yeah. What's interesting is there's been people that I've I've known, good friends who have had really terrible relationships with their biological fathers or stepfathers. Um, and that translated both directions with their perception of their relationship with God. There were some where they, it was God was filling that gap for them. And there were others where it was, it was tainting their view of God. They couldn't, they couldn't separate like yeah. their picture of who a father was when applied to God was uh was so negative that that they got hung up on it and and it wasn't helpful. Yeah, that connection, it's similar to the connection of, you know, the vineyard conversation like why people often throw baby Jesus out with the bath water. Doubt bath water. With that. the doubt bath water thing. Yeah, right. TM Zach Crater. Um there there is that connection like if you all you know is this community that is the church and God works through the church even though intellectually you could say that the church is bigger than just my denomination. Oftentimes the identity is tangled up so much more hardcore. So, well, that, and that's um, why I said it's, I think it's the role of the pastor to, to kind of cut that, that tie, which tie, uh, the tie of, Hey, you're going to this congregation for a reason, but this congregation, I'm not the man. Yeah. This congregation uh, isn't the church. I am not the, the sole representative of God that, uh, makes or breaks your faith. Uh, and pa- I, I think pastors just don't even think about, for the most part, they don't even think about 
them as being that in that role, but they don't think of themselves that way. Wow. You mean, yeah, listen probably, to Scott speaking for all pastors everywhere. Well, I said for the most part, <laughs> I, I, some I, pastors definitely do. Some pastors are like, oh, I'm the I'm the dude, and, yeah. and the, the worst uh, the worst is the pastor that says he's not the dude, but really he believes he's the dude, right. and that's how he operates the church, right? But but, but I th- I, th- I think it's important that pastors point that out, and yeah, it could it could be. It doesn't have to be every week, but it's like we got it. It's like yeah, I'm just dude. I'm just a, a guy that I feel that like God has called me to, you know, be a pastor, and I'm. But I'm not the guy. Like if I mess up, that that's that doesn't represent. I don't. That it's not a reflection on God. I'm. A I get human. you drift. I, I bet, get you. I bet that there's some cultural pressure that exists, especially in the Western church, where we've kind of adopted some somewhat of cult. Uh, corporate culture a little bit, even just in the in the hierarchy, like a hierarchy sense of how church organizations are built and designed, just a little bit. And I can see how someone in that lead position is carrying a lot of weight and expectations. The expectations of, well, you should get it right, and and you should be right, and you should make all the right decisions. These people are looking to me to get it right. Yeah, exactly, and and I think that's perpetuated from both sides. It's a delicate dance. I mean, you need to lead and not lead at the same time. It's like language we use sometimes is servant leadership. Or I, I rather yeah. choose the terms leading from behind, learn how to lead from behind. So you know you led by looking at what happened after you sort of take a break and are people following me? And I mean, that's sort of a well-used illustration. But That's my favorite man, way to run a race, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Win from behind. Win from behind. <laughs> it's quite a challenge, though. So, uh, it's 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 yeah. a major challenge. Maybe one of the biggest ones. All right, Andy or Jeff. Oh. Andy yeah, or one Jeff. question. One question? question only. Andy. Um, I just thought of a quick follow up to that that you were just saying, which is, I'm curious if there's. This is wasn't my question, but I'll just pivot just so we can keep going on that topic a little no, bit. You can, yeah, go. Um, In the moment, Andy. So, leading from behind probably means that you've got to be willing to allow certain things to fail to a certain degree. I'm imagining if, you, or succeeds at a slower pace. Yeah, might be a better way to look at it because we're not interested in failing, but. We'll take a week when we wish we could do it in a day. Yeah, or, or to put it another way, oftentimes we as leaders we can see we can see the outcome, we can see the way to get to that outcome as well, and it's really clear for us. We can't be the ones to be always executing all the things to get to every outcome. So, yes, one way of describing it is it can take a little while to get long get there because we've got to trust and help others to learn how to do it. Because ultimately, we've this thing has to scale somehow. It mm-hmm. can't be art all the time. Um, were there were there moments for you, or describe some of those moments for you? I'm sure there were as a pastor, where you're like, I know the thing, I can see it so clearly. But if I step in and I just give them every single step along the way, it's just gonna. I'm going to be kicking the can down the road, and the next time something like this comes up again, I'm going to have to do this for them again. Yeah, especially later in my ministry, 
early in my ministry, I wouldn't even have thought to ask that question because I was the dude and I needed to be the dude. And I didn't know how to lead if I wasn't the dude, Yeah, which that dude did a lot of harm. I Hopefully more good than harm. But the question I think a good pastor asks is this, what's in the best interest of the church and the gospel over the long haul? And when you're asking that question, there are things that you could do that you choose not to do. There are things you could, I could make this decision and it's the most efficient way to make the decision, but not for the long-term best interest of this church, this community of people that have chosen to trust me to mm-hmm. lead them. So if I think, yeah, I, if I just jump in and say, look, quit thinking about it, here's what we need to do and here's why, I could probably win the argument, but it, that might not be in their best interest long-term. And that's a little bit arrogant to think I get I can see what's in the church's best interest. But you know what I'm saying? That value, at least. Am I acting in the best interest of the church? As a transition pastor, that's a huge question. Hmm. Don't forget the assignment. Be willing to lead from behind. And you have to lead in such a way that in a week you can hand it off and it can still be picked up by somebody. Yeah. Uh, because that's what's in the church's best interest. And I failed my assignment, at least as a transition pastor, if I led in such a way where people are saying, oh, man. What are we going to do now? Uh, uh, not that they would always be saying yeah. that. They might be saying, yeah. let's have a party. The dude is gone. <laughs> but but do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you're always asking that question, what's in the best interest of best interest of the church and her involvement in the gospel? And you remember whose lieutenant you are and who— the general is, is what you were getting at. Um, hmm. Usually, have a better chance of succeeding as God defines success. Yeah. Just note that Art pointed at Scott when he said, "As you were saying, yeah, he's yeah. complimenting me." So you, I, I disagree. You, we'll edit that out. <laughs> I don't know if he was complimenting. <laughs> Log one disagreement. You. He just identified as you no, said. I took Scott it as offered a some good things. I thought, yeah. So thank you. That's, can we get that as a soundbite? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, They'll edit that out. <laughs> Jeff, no, I, 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 think, I think that's a great, a great answer. And for, I, I never, I've never been in this position, but as a transitional pastor, and you got a, a board there, and it's like, man, what, what decisions do I get involved in, and what decisions do I stay out of? Uh, oh yes, hey, that's got to be a tough, oh absolutely choice. Kind of is. Uh, those lines are drawn pretty well, though. It's not a tough choice, but it's an important one. It's important, but like, sorry, wrong word, guys. We legalists. We do it well. <laughs> as the two of us have been in that situation, it's it actually hasn't seemed. It's not challenging. Your input is asked for open handedly, and you give it open handed. And we have a pretty healthy right now. The group of leaders I'm working with here is a pretty healthy group. Yeah. So. Yeah, the structure around the health of the entire uh, body. I mean that like like the body needs healthy systems like organs and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like if uh, if it's not healthy and there's one thing that wants to dominate the others, it can go poorly. Uh, I prefer guitars, but yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I do. I do remember what my question was. Bring it. Okay. So art. We go to a church that would say one of its top values is authenticity. And that shows up in a lot of different ways on a Sunday morning. Um, a lot of churches that I've been to, and I think a lot of churches that a lot of us have been to, would say that that would probably not be a top value of, of them 
as a church. And here's how I think that shows up. Sometimes it shows up in, um, well, I'll put it this way. I think me personally, I've visited a lot of churches where I'm like, oh, you've taken on a persona now. And I don't, I don't believe the, the presentation that's happening. I feel like, I feel like I'm at a show and I don't, I'm not seeing the real people up there and it feels a little gross. Why do you, why do you, why do you think that seems hard to do for churches? My experience is a little different. It's just because it's my experience. I see a lot of church. I don't see very many um, even remotely relevant churches anymore that don't actually have authenticity as one of their stated core values. Mm. I see a lot of churches that don't have that as a practice. They state it as a value. They don't practice it. Yeah, sorry. Uh, And and you may have been saying the same thing. Let's go with the latter then. Yeah, I mean, if if they state it and it's not happening. The question is still relevant. Yeah. And... um, You know, I mean, it, you need to be you need to be a community, and it's it's with leaders all the way throughout the community where it's actually safe to be authentic. Yeah. And part of it being safe to be to practice authenticity means we have defined understandings of what's appropriate authenticity in given contexts. So my authenticity with you brothers, yeah, is, there are different levels of a appropriate authenticity and things that I share that here I am. Right. That's different than what I might say here I am in the pulpit. Yeah. For obvious reasons. And we've talked about this a little bit before. I think you don't, you don't have the, the sexuality talk with a first grader. Right. Uh, right. It's just, it's still true, just not necessarily appropriate yet because of the level of maturity. So I think that might be it. The, the communities don't feel, haven't created a place where it's actually safe to be authentic and stating that in your core values doesn't make it safe to be authentic. Here's one thing that does make it safe to be authentic. Public leaders that will, that will model it Mm -hmm. with wisdom and understanding of how, what the boundaries are. Yeah. I mean, they say, Oh, that tastes kind of like authenticity. Maybe it is safe to be authentic here. And you whittle away at that year after year after year. Largely though, Unfortunately, sadly, uh, I mean, we may have been seeing a little bit of that in in the uh, feedback we listened to at the opening. Uh, we say, um, "I'm I'm making the motion with my hands right now, where you're coming at me, and then and I'm pushing you away with the other hand. Yeah, come here, but don't come here. Yeah, we kind of do that with authenticity. You better not be that authentic here. It's not safe. Yeah, and I feel like we can all think of times where we've seen. Uh, We've we've experienced someone in church that didn't know that like level like open mic morning <laughs> when they're sharing something you're like whoa too much information we've got way too much information I here. know about their hygiene habits I didn't plan on that <laughs> yeah but that's why we have the pastor's rule number one never give never them. let go of the mic yeah. never <laughs> never what ever. are you a rookie you gave her the mic you gave him the mic can I get a just a quick Example, and maybe we could, yeah. you could say, no, the dumbest question, Scott, let's go on to Jeff. Uh, but just a quick example of authentic versus non-authentic. I'll get uh, anecdotal. Yeah, yeah. So a church yeah. that I'd gone to previously, they got a new pastor, and 
when when I would interact with him off the stage and on stage, it was two very different personas. Him on stage, he would do and say things. The content of what he said and the way that he said them, I did not believe him at all. And it felt like a performance. It looked like a performance and it didn't feel believable. Okay. Does that count? Does that satisfy? I'm not sure. I, I, I mean... Scott doesn't understand. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of because like we act different ways in different you know mediums that we 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 you know at work. I'm different than here, obviously. Hopefully, <laughs> but but we're not supposed to. Uh, well, so that'd be a question. Uh, should I, so the way you act here is you act the same exact way at work. I'm not sure that that's. Let me clarify wise, really quickly. I'm not. Sure, that's not a wise decision. You can still be authentic and have a different disposition. In yeah. a different scenario. That's not what I'm saying. Right. What I'm a, saying yeah. is what what he was saying seemed like bullshit. Because you you knew the him off you knew him enough off the stage where or off it, it was su- yeah, it was it was such a difference. And and again, it like it was almost comical the way that he would speak. It was like literally like he would do caricatures of of straw men Christians pouting in the corner, putting his hands across his chest, going like I don't want to do that, Jesus. I'm not even exaggerating, and it was a very off-putting, and um, and so it didn't it it didn't feel like I was sitting down having a conversation. It didn't feel like what I heard coming from him was was him was him and his interpretation of scripture in a genuine way. It felt super contrived, as opposed to being the appropriate version of him for that particular context. If he was my friend, I would sit him down and just like, dude, dial it down. Just be a real dude. Just talk to, we're adults. You can talk to us like adults. You don't have to put on this other weird persona that is maxed out. Hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm reminded of, you know, when you're a kid and you're, you're pissing your mom off and she's screaming at you for mostly good reasons, most of the time. <laughs> I love you, mom. Um, always a good reason. She's yelling at me. or And anybody has this story, I think. And then the phone rings back when there were landline phones. And you had to pick up because there's no like good voicemail. And the, and the voice just completely changes. Like, hello? <laughs> like, everything is... There's sunshine in the voice. You can see the smile as you hear her talking. Uh, um, meanwhile, she's like... Half a remind is like, how am I going to correct my son? He's not doing what he should be doing. That type of a thing. Well, that seems, but that, I, there would just be a thing like. It's almost justifiable. Well, no, but, but would she talk to the person on the phone, the way she's talking to you, who she, whom she's angry at the person on the phone She's not angry at. No. But I like, find it weird when someone tries to explain a story where they got angry and they're, they are acting out the same anger, explaining the story to me. And they're like, oh, I was that. I'm like, dude, I wasn't the person that did. Why are you yelling oh at me God. right you know, now? Here, here's a guideline I use. I may have already shared this on a previous podcast because I'm so old. I don't remember what I said. Oh, none of us remember. Do you know what a podcast is, Art? Yeah. Jeff doesn't know what Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just know that's the right word to use. So think of it in terms of, of this. Uh, two things. One is, one guideline is, everything that's said must be true, yes. but not everything that's true must be said. Yeah, correct. Totally. Yeah, I, 
We agree. So that's it. not a lack of authenticity. That's just an acquisition of sensitivity. That's appropriateness. And the other thing, as a Dan, pastor, if you were on Twitter. That's a hell of a tweet right there. That's a tweet. What's yeah, a What's Twitter? It's, a, it's for birds. That's a holy tweet. It's where here's the, the other the other thing I think lives. of as a personal challenge, because I want to be authentic, but I realize my unguarded sharing that I thought was mature authenticity actually can hurt and wound and stifle people. It can send them places that aren't aren't helpful. Yeah, if you were you a hundred percent of the time. Is if I were unguarded, unfiltered yeah. me, None of us that's not what authenticity yeah, is. Yeah, right. exactly. That's, that's kind of the point I'm trying but, to... Yeah. But So I, the challenge is that I made to myself, the pulpit is not your therapy couch. Yeah. You don't go up there and just unload everything and say, I'm, if I stuff I know that's true about me right now, if I don't share it, I feel like I'm lying to you, which I battled for a long time. I thought, I can't preach the gospel. I just violated the gospel. Mm. On Friday, on Saturday night, and here it is Sunday. I feel like a phony. How did you violate the gospel? Go ahead and share. Absolutely, <laughs> every other day. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you about it. Uh, <laughs> come on, was it, it on Instagram? To Where's the you see what I'm saying though? The, so there, yeah. there are. I used to think authenticity means there's nothing hidden, and you get all clear, and you say, "Okay, I just yelled at my family the whole way down the hill." to church today, and I want you to know that so I don't feel like a hypocrite. But actually in me serving myself to make sure I didn't feel like a hypocrite before I preached, I was sending people spiraling, uh, and they couldn't hear what I had to say. And so that was just work the Lord and I mm. have to do. And you all have right. to do it as parents or friends or in any relationship as well. We all have to do that. Well, it's the, the idea of like be honest with yourself. You know, don't try and hide behind a facade. Or at least don't, need don't to lie. You don't need to share. You don't need to <laughs> share your thoughts that you have with, with you and God in your own head. You just, like, don't try and manipulate your own, like, thoughts to, like, I'm going to make this function. It's like, don't, don't do that because things go sideways real quick. I have experience with that. Um but the authentic part, I hear that so much. It, the idea, we're authentic. I'm like, you guys are full of it. Like, if you got to come out and who specifically? Sorry. We I'm should sorry. name names. Let's I'm name sorry. names, Jeff. Which when, one? I'm sorry. When people, when everybody's like, I'm going to be authentic. I'm like, okay, stop right now. Is, Is he back? Projecting? Is he in the room? <laughs> no. Which one? Point so, him out. So many churches and so many people are like. I'm just going to be authentic. I'm like, if you have to say it, you're full of it and just live it. Cause the people who are living it, you see them and you're like, Oh man, I admire them. There's a life they're living that I, I wish yeah. I had. Here's a cool version that I encounter from, uh, from our local bro, Colin, Colin Ferris. Hi, Colin. I love Colin Ferris. I know everybody loves Colin Ferris. Yeah. Plays a mean drum too. Oh my gosh! I was about to say the f word in relation to how he played on Sunday, uh, like in a good way. I'm so sad I missed it. I told him I said, if you're as good at selling real estate as you are at playing the drums, you're going to be a very rich man. Yeah. <laughs> and he drives like an old Honda Civic. So yes, he's storing away treasures. He is storing away treasures. You know, he's formerly trained theologically. Isn't yes. He? Good mind. Yep. Great he, mind. He, we had him on the podcast. I don't think oh, we did released you? it. Yeah. He's a wizard. I don't think we released it. though. 
He is a wizard, bonafide. But the point that I was going to try to make is he's he's someone that comes to mind where he bucks the trend of, and I, and I personally fall into this when someone when I encounter somebody on a Sunday morning. There's a there, to your point, there like there are certain people and they say, "Hey, good morning. How's it going?" Uh, there are certain people who fall into the. I will share with you. Hey, good, going fine. How are you doing? Good to see you. Pat on the back. Keep going. Colin will. Whenever I check in with him, will always be very specific. It's okay. It's all right. What do you mean? Well, and then he shares, right? And and he'll and he will be genuine about it. But I bet, but he's appropriate too, because I wouldn't imagine that if he just met someone that morning that like turn around, greet your neighbor. Hi, how are you doing? Well, it's been a hard week. (laughs) It's where wisdom comes in and, and the reverse, like he'll, he'll, sometimes I feel like he can read my DNA. Like he's, when he asks the, how are you doing? And I look at him, it's like, Oh God, he's, he's reading my mind right now. He already already knows. Like he's a trained wizard. I just think it's, it would be weird if, if when you see someone who is, they talk the same to every single person, whether it's their wife or their kids or their boss. Like you would say, that dude has a mental illness. Yeah. No one's like, arguing that though. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so when you talk about being authentic, it's like, well. That, that's an argument no one's making. The wisdom. Know, but, yeah. But yeah. But if, if you're going to, like, I could think of a number of pastors, uh, Matt, Matt Chandler would come to mind. If he's talked to, like, if we're having coffee and he's talking to you like he's on stage, I'd be like, Matt, what are you why doing, are you bro? Why are you yelling right now? Yeah, why? Are you going to hit me, bro? This is just how I, I get I what am. you're saying. There, you know? There is a speaking... But do I get to have my question? There's a speaking case. We're, 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 we're running, running out, out of time so you, fast. I, I want to, my question. I thought you had to pee again. No. Sh- shut up, Scott. <laughs> His prostate's not that big. Okay. Everything that's said must be true, but not everything that's true <laughs> must be said. <laughs> it's, it's worth repeating. That's good. Dude, yes. All right. Art and all of you guys, on your travels as a as a pastor as a christian early on just thinking way back like we get on this this boat uh canoe and we bring in people that speak life into us um that have great wisdom when you're when you're young or you're new to to christianity and you like who who jumped who picked you up and said hey i've got i've got some mm. life and and who and and what was it and has that sustained throughout your time well nobody would know these guys but That's sure okay. it's okay andy breo oh andy yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kurt Merricky. Glenn Palmberg. I mean, it goes on. Bert Jarvis. Um, Ted Nordland. I mean, I could. There are these, these people that are heroes in my life, and there are more. But what they mostly did was they said, come here, kid. I used to think like that, too. Come on, be part of us. Mm. Uh, you're, not, you're not shocking us. Uh, we're not running from you because you're crazy and arrogant. And they gave space. This is what they did. They gave space. For me to say, here's what I think when I know everything. And and they didn't demean me because of it. They said, well, yes, but however. So that's why I can come to the 
the place last Sunday of saying um, teachability, the willingness to be persuaded mm. by a better argument. I learned it from them. They were not shocked by my thinking, and they said, we're not. We're in this together. Let's walk this journey together. And I mean, to name any one of them is to sort of, uh, I mean, it means you miss somebody that was profoundly influential. Sure. But I had a handful of people, not all of them were men. Flossie Jarvis, I mean, Bert Jarvis's wife. What a, what a, I'll never, I'll never repay the debt. Mm. I'll never be able to repay the debt. And of course, ultimately my dad, my mom too, but my dad was my, uh, rock star hero. And he wasn't perfect, obviously, but man, I did not get ripped off when it came to parents. Mm. And sometimes I feel like I owe a debt to those who gave their lives to me. I was thinking about preparing next Sunday's message now, and I'm not sure I'm going to use this, but um, there's a, there's the phrase I used doing my dad's funeral. Mm. I'd live a life worthy of the lives that were lived for you. Mm. That's a very positive thing, not a negative thing. Like there is a a heritage, a baton that's been handed to us and it wasn't earned easily and it's handed off to us. And there's a, there's a very positive thing to think about. What do I owe my, my ancestors? Mm. And am I living a life that's worthy of the ancestors that handed life to me? Uh, I don't mean that to be a guilt-driven faith or a negative duty thing that's a guilt trip, but I think duty is a good word that's been perverted and and ruined. Mm. And I take it as a dad, I owe you this. I owe you this life of integrity. I owe you this. I owe you to tell Brenda when I think I've blown it and apologize to her and to love her the way you wanted me to love her. And um, I owe it to you to be a good pastor. My old man said to me, you pastors, when you get ordained, you ought to have a tattoo on your forehead that says not for sale. <laughs> because when you're for sale, you sell out everybody without power. Mm. And I, man, that's, Dan, that sticks with me as a pastor. I don't want to be for sale. And I have been. And I'm not going to be anymore. And anyway, those are the, you stir up something in me that's really boiling and always has. Um, when you described that, it, it made me think that in my own life, I've seen it's this, like, it feels like an artificial or an unspoken uh, <laughs> ceiling. Once you're beyond this point, then you are in the, in the official, you may now mentor younger <laughs> people uh, stage. And in reality, when I've seen it really healthy, it's this like cascading effect of yes, there is someone who's older who's seen around the corner and they're feeding into the person younger than them who's feeding into the person younger than them who, and so on and so forth. And I mean, it's mentorship ultimately is the, is the concept, but it's not it's or discipleship, but, but mentorship is a little different maybe than discipleship, but it just doesn't feel like it's a natural thing in our culture, let alone in church, it just, and by natural, I mean, it, it always feels like it's up to individuals to figure that piece out. 
And especially I've been on the receiving end, actually the lack of receiving end, wanting a mentor, wanting someone to do that. And like not even knowing how to figure out how to even ask for that. I had a, so I'm preparing to speak in a month from now in our men's camp for our church. And, and, but I got to, when preparing for this, I got to thinking about a, uh, a, a, a gentleman who's older than I, who I look up to. And this was probably 10 or 11 years ago that I went to the same camp and I was a new believer. I had no idea what was going on. Like life was just, it was misery in, in my marriage and I was lost and we were trying to recover things. And this man turned around on the top of a mountain in a hike and just stopped as everybody kept on going and put his hand on my shoulder and prayed over me and spoke mm. life into me. And I still have a great relationship with that man. I've done hikes with him and I meet with mm. some every once in a while on Friday mornings with them. But it's it that person mentored me. Is he may not know it, but he he spoke life into me. He I watch from afar like his life. Mm. I listen to you know how he's living and I'm like, I just, I continue to want to be like that and then pass it on. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. Like, I want those people in my canoe, like, please just keep like, please teach me to be a better man. So I can not only teach my kids, my boys to be a better man, teach me how to be a better husband. So my, my, my wife, you know, loves me for who I am and appreciates that my daughters look at me and they're like, I, I want to find someone like my father and, and, and then looking beyond at the younger, the younger, um, men and, and okay, I want to be that person that was to me, to them and wanting to pass it on. You know, my surprise answer when you mentioned younger men, Mm -hmm. my children are, influencers now for me Mm. like my daughter is kicking butt (laughs) she is just a superstar and she says things that rock my world i think man thank you Mm. and my sons and my son-in-law they're all like blowing my mind and they're now investing in me and helping me think better thoughts uh which is sort of the whole thing coming full circle isn't it because i yeah. Best I could. I was a parent to them, but now they're rocking my world with the insights they bring to me. And then you've been on this podcast and you've gotten that here too. You're welcome, Mark. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Surprise, surprise. Hey, we're here uh, for you. Come I disagree. Back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish it didn't have to end right now. We got a hard out, but uh, Art, I know you'll be back, um, but you're going to go away for a while, you know, back to doing art things. Artists. Brenda and I are going for nine, nine weeks to Europe, right? We leave in a couple Ooh, weeks. Man, wow. And it's back to so, Palm Springs. And yeah. So tough. Well, anytime you're in town, love to have you back on. We should set up a golf You, you bring some Jeff, wisdom. We don't have time to go ahead and scratch yours off, Jeff. We got, go to Palm Springs. 
I wonder if anybody eight. won any money. I know. Do right. Where do you, do you, where do you actually scratch? Tickets. Right here? Do we explain what lottery tickets? I scratch it. Where do you scratch, Scott? We do have lottery tickets. What do you scratch? So you scratch the honey spot? Scratch. What, this thing? Yeah, do the honey spot first in the middle. Hey, you guys know where to find us at Bros Bibles Beer. The email, leave us a voicemail. It was mentioned before. Thank you for listening. So that's the one time. If you match any two numbers. And for Andy, Jeff, Scott. I won $1,000. This has been Zach. Any two numbers? Bros, Babbles, That's and what Beer. It says. I got two numbers times three. It's a hundred dollar tie. I just won $150. We just Did won. you really? Jeff. Yes. Jeff. Oh my gosh. Yes. You guys are so dumb. Oh it's gosh. three. It's match three. Jeff. Oh. Community. Oh community. Shut up, we, Scott. We oh won $150. Scott. Well, then you scratch these. You have, blast you have to scratch all the ones spirit. on the right. It's three? And you have to get glasses. three. Scott, oh, why don't do this? I have my glasses right here. I should put it. Who is Scott's children? We'll edit that out. Who is Scott's? Who is Scott's children? Who's about to